You are listening to the Archery Maniacs Podcast. This is Remy Warren. I am Rihanna Carey. My name is Adam Foss. This is Paul Tetford, professional archer. Hey everyone, I'm Christy Titus, and you are listening to Archery Maniacs. We cover everything archery, from the hunting side to the tournament side, with stories, tips and tactics, gear reviews, and more. That helped my tuning game so much when I made sure that all my arrows were square. And I'm just staring into his eyes. Blood's dripping off of its tines. Mud is everywhere. The clarity these mavens offer is amazing. I'm just like Spider-Man, you know, on this rock. You know, just <laughs> laying there. Belly crawling in there and I can barely fit in there and I can hear the cat growling at me. So I put my hand on his shoulder and pushed him and we just ran at this elephant. In this episode, Jake Lowe hops on the podcast. We discuss bear hunting, bear baiting, the choice between pack animals as far as goats, llamas, or horses, uh, all about his first goat, Taco, and Otto, the ideal pack goat, and a bunch of other things about goats. So I hope that you enjoy the show. I'm Jake Lowe. I'm from Cuna, Idaho, and... Uh... Yeah, I've been bow hunting forever, so <laughs> this seems very fitting, very fitting home for me. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Well, we're excited, um, you know, to have Jake on the podcast. Uh, you guys are listening to Archer Maniacs. I'm your host, Zach Harold. Um, excited to have Jake on the podcast. He and I have been messaging back and forth for, honestly, I don't even know how long trying to get a podcast set up, but a, a really, really long time. So here we are. We finally got it set up. Um, Jake is going to share uh, his start into archery in the outdoors, and then we're going to slowly transition into – everyone knows him as his Instagram handle, Pat Goats in Bows. Um, we're going to transition into taking goats into the backcountry and everything like that. So I have a ton of questions for him. So really looking forward to it. So yeah, thanks, Jake, for hopping on the podcast. Hey man, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> well, you know, I started bow hunting. Um, shoot, I was I think like fourteen when I got my first bow, and uh, I just did it with my dad, and we, you know, just kind of got us into the woods a little bit longer when we weren't steelhead fishing or doing anything else, and and it kind of just turned into a passion from there. I mean. Uh, my first bear or my first animal I ever killed my bow was a bear. And, uh, I mean, there, that was the biggest rush of anything I've ever had. And I think honestly, to this day, bear hunting is honestly my favorite thing to hunt with big game animal. Um, my old man has actually never killed a bear in Idaho. So I, he's, I'm, he's claims I'm adopted, but, uh, <laughs> no, it's, um, bow hunting, man. I, I'm an opportunist. I'll rifle hunt too, but archery hunting is where my heart is. I just, I'm such an awful archer. Uh, it just—I don't know. It's—it's it's just something that gets in your blood and it doesn't go away. Yeah, one hundred percent. I agree with you there. I—I'm <laughs> with your dad. I've actually never killed a bear either. I've never even shot at one. Um, I've, you know, Wyoming. We can bait. I've tried baiting and everything like that. Get them on camera, and every time I go sit the bait, nothing ever comes in. So. Then as soon as deer and elk season opens up, I'm pretty much, yep, I'm going deer and elk hunt. So, <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. Kind of <laughs> something about antlers, it's, a, it's just an infatuation. <laughs> and, you know, I've, 
mine when I was I was uh, like 22 years old. A buddy and I were uh, backpacking, and we were just before I used the tent, and I think it was the last time I actually used a bivy sack. Got woken up with a bear's nose on the ba- on the back of my neck. So <laughs> ever since then, it's been like that completely fueled my fire. I don't, and, and for some reason, man, they just always find me. And it's, I don't know what it is. It's just, it's in my blood. I, I love hunting bears. And so with spring coming, I'm just like, I'm going crazy with my pat goats, shooting bows, just getting everything ready. Yeah, absolutely. Now with, with your bear hunting, um, I would assume that are you doing mostly spot and stock with your bear hunting? Um, so it just depends. I, what I usually do is I, I usually, uh, I set a bait out and I usually actually kill a bear over a bait. Um, it's, it's hard when I go out and spot and stalk. I, you know, you see a lot of little bears and, and I, I, uh, I just always get that one big bruiser that hits my bait. So I tend to just kind of neglect spot and stalk. But last year I had an Oregon tag and, uh, it was crazy. I mean, the, you can't bait over there. So the bears were just, I mean, it's, it's unreal. The bears that are in Oregon, it's probably, I look forward to it as much as anything and uh i i would like to say that i would am a a, an accomplished (laughs) spot and stock bear hunter but i'm i'm just it's like anything else man i just get so excited and so i've missed a lot of good bear spot and stock i've killed some bear spot stock but man i I, i've got the baiting thing down yeah well with with that what for you, what does baiting consist of? You know, how often do you have to restock? What kind of things do you bait with? Um, are you hanging a stand over Man. the bait? Or, you know, what what kind of – what does it all consist of for you? I've done, a, I've done a little bit of everything as far as baiting goes. I've sat in ground blinds, tree stands. I prefer a tree stand. Um, I like to get up as high in the tree as I can, try to get above those thermals. And uh, I'll set a bait. I'll put a bait out um, in the spot. I usually only run one bait, and I, I'm really confident in that spot. I'm, there's usually a bear on it within three days of putting my bait out. Um, I've just got it all down into the science as far as my spot particular goes. It's, uh, you know... Man, it's, it's it's not hit or miss. It's always on. It's it's it took me a long time to find it, but I I found what I consider just I mean my favorite spot. I've probably ran twenty baits, and this is by far. I mean I I could care less about running any other baits. This one just it's awesome. Um, <laughs> I tend to use for me, man. I, I I've got a lot of guys that shoot carp with their bows, and I'll go um and Travis Nawani actually. And I started doing this shooting carp back on my farm back in the day. And uh, we'd go shoot carp and then hang them up in trees. Or we'd put them in – he lived with me for a while. We'd put them in uh, garbage bags out in this little shed behind my house. And uh, <laughs> you'd leave them in there and, the, you know, it was really hot. Oh, man. Yeah, that was not good. But uh, the bears loved them once you got them out there. I mean, the bears found them so fast. Oh, it's, it's awful. The smell just rock fish, but <laughs> – and it's crazy because it's always the last thing that they eat. Yeah, it's we we've also you know we've used um, depending on I guess whether it's spring or fall I guess but we've used you know like uh, creep feed basically you know so uh, that got yeah. moldy or something like that because it's already prepackaged it's pretty easy to take that up there and throw it in the bait barrel. <laughs> 
Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, I'll get, um, I, I'll use, I, I don't use a lot of dog food. Um, it, it's, I feel like you don't get as much out of it. Like I like to use grain or like, uh, pellets, like horse pellets, or I, I, you can get a 40 pack, uh, 40 pound bag of, uh, it's like a cracked oats or, uh, sweet mix. It's like a sweet feed. And then I take another five. The first time I bait, I'll take a five gallon thing of like cooking oil and dump all over it. Um, and, uh, if, as they, they seem to, it dries them out. They got, they can't just sit and eat it as much. They got to eat it and then go to water. So I've had really good su- success with that. I, I use a lot of liquid smoke and, uh, just I'll pour, um, if I can't have any fish or I'll just do this anyways, but I'll use jello packets, uh, just the dry powder and I'll pour that all over just as much as I can. And that dust that seems to attract the bears really well. That's interesting. I've I've heard of people popping an insane amount of uh, popcorn and putting it in trash bags. Yeah. And to me, that sounds pretty smart if your if your bait's in there a ways because that stuff's so much lighter, you know. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. No, I I did that for a year with Travis, and I did that. It. it uh, I mean, it worked, but they just sit there and just mow down on it. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I had a hard time. I'm a big guy, so I was just sitting there smells like, man, I'm hungry. I had to stop using Hostess and bread and stuff. I was down there getting snacks, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I, that's one of the reasons I ended up with pack goats. I mean, I'm six five two sixty. I I'm packing enough as it is, man. <laughs> Oh, geez, Louise. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, with with your goats and everything like that, you know, what led to you deciding you wanted an animal, first off, you know, to, to help yeah. stuff in and out? And then we'll dive into why goats and a bunch of other questions I got. But, you know, first off, like, what what was it that even made you decide you wanted an animal? Well, so uh, my buddies, Travis Dewani, Rick Palmer, and Oliver, they got these three goats. And they're like, yeah, it was the first time I'd ever heard of it. Um, and those guys are killers. So I'm going, you know, oh, I think I need pack goats. Well, you know, they got they got these goats, and and uh, long story short, they got the wrong breed. They got all meat goats as are animals on the mountain. So those keep up with them. Well, so they long story short, they 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 just kind of, kind of scratched the idea after a year. Well, my dad ends up drawing this uh, uh, California bighorn sheep tag. In Idaho. Yeah, my dad's really stoved up with arthritis, and he drew this big orange sheep tag. And uh, he, uh, so I was just trying to think of a way to get him into the backcountry without putting, you know, because his ankles are so bad, without keeping, you know, keeping the weight on him down. And Pat Goats was, you know, he won't get on a horse. We used to have horses. Um, and I, and Travis and, and Rick and Oliver had those goats, and I thought, well, I can do that, you know, and, and without any research, I just got on Craigslist and found a goat up in northern Idaho and made a six-hour trip up there, bought a goat, and came back. And holy shit! And the thing just 
Oh, yeah. I mean, it was complete on a whim. It was the dumbest thing I've ever done. <laughs> it was no research, nothing. And I buzzed up there and got him, and he was a sweet goat. But I remember the first time I borrowed Rick's pack saddle from him and put it on his back, and it was like a freaking rodeo. That thing was bucking around like a Bronco, just just, just like a Bronco, just going crazy, man. It was He was not having it, and now I know why they got rid of him. <laughs> So, and then, uh, and then, so, uh, I did a little bit more research cause he would never shut up. He was just, and he was by himself. And then I come to find out, you know, they're super, um, they're hurt, very herd oriented. They don't like being alone. And so I went and bought, I just found these goats out in the hometown that, that I'm from. And this lady had this baby goat that she wanted to sell. And I bought it for 50 bucks. And I still actually have that goat. His name's Taco. And he's kind of. <laughs> My favorite. I, I've raised him as a as from a little kid, and he uh, he got his name because if he wasn't <laughs> if he wasn't gonna work, he was gonna be taco me. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So and then I kind of got attached to him, but yeah, man, that was that was kind of the kind of the uh, what led me to get the goats. You know what I mean? It was it was for my dad's sheep hunt. Gotcha. So and then I never even used them. <laughs> so let me let me get this straight you did when you went to craigslist did you literally search pack goats or just goats in general yeah. like what did you search? boy i searched pack goats i searched pack goats and i looked for probably five or six days and finally one popped up and and you know it, it you know, a pack goat, most guys, well, the majority of guys use weathers, and that's a that's a fixed, a castrated goat, a male goat. And because they, man, they just smell so awful if they're not castrated. Uh-huh. And so I just called this lady up. She's like, yeah, well, he's never had a saddle on, but he's super sweet. And you just have to come up here and look at him. I'm going, holy cow. Like six hours to go check this goat out that might not work. And and uh, I brought the saddle when, I, when we went up there, man. And he wasn't really getting into it when I went up there. But I didn't go all the way up there to not bring a goat back. <laughs> so we can't, I brought this goat back. And, man, he he uh, he was not into that saddle. It was <laughs> it was one heck of a rodeo. It was I, – uh, I really regret that. <laughs> so yeah. – so you drive all the way up there to get this goat and six hours later you come back with a goat knowing nothing about it you don't have yeah. any of the saddles or any of the equipment no <laughs> so so whatever happened to this goat and did you eventually get him to be able to handle having a saddle on so this goat, I got the bright idea. Well, so I, I had his name was Otto, and then I get two days later I got Taco, and then my buddy's <laughs> like, "Hey, I got this goat named Moose. That if you're gonna start training your goats, throw him in with with your goats, and you can train him and pack him." I was like, "Sweet, let's do it. Heck yeah!" Now I got three pack goats. It's July. My dad's hunting season starts. My dad's sheep tag starts August 30th. Let's do this. These goats are going to be bomb. I was so excited. And then, uh, man, reality kicked me right in the face. <laughs> it was, it was, 
Moose Moose lived up to his name. He was a giant goat, the fattest goat I've ever seen. He was an alpine, and he was absolutely ginormous. I mean, he, he you'd start hiking, and, I mean, he would climb no higher than 13 flights of stairs. I mean, and he would just be just out of breath, and he'd just lay down. <laughs> and it was the most frustrating thing. I spent a solid 30 days on all three of those goats, and it was – awful <laughs> it was a huge eye-opener to what pack goats the work that it takes and and you know craigslist isn't the best place to find them kind of thing you know yeah but um auto so when i my i called my buddy jordan after a month i was like hey man moose is great but he is awful at the same time he will not he he can't even hike up the trail. He's like, I know. <laughs> I was like, why did you tell me that in the first place? And so we uh, he came and got Auto, and I said, well, do you want uh, or excuse me, he came and got his his goat Moose back. I was like, well, do you want Auto too? Because he's worthless as tits on a boar hog, man. He's like, my mother-in-law loves him. Okay, yeah, she'll take him. And actually. When they got him back about three months later, she got rid of all the goats except for Otto, and now Otto's just her favorite. She just she just fell in love with him. He was such a sweet goat, but just not a pet goat. <laughs> so yeah. so with that, you know, it let you know, let's get let's start with kind of the ideal spot to to start for getting a pet goat. And what I mean by that is, are is it is it ideal to get them when they're younger so they get used to you? You know, is it is there a certain type yeah. that's ideal to get? You know, what's what's kind of For the sure. ideal start? <laughs> so so you know, raising your goat um, from a kid is by far, I mean, the best way to do it. It's they bond you like a dog. And, uh, you know, that for them to really want to work hard for you, you have to, you know, for an older goat to get an older goat, you have to spend an, an I mean, just an, a pile of time with them for them to bond with you to want to work their guts out for you and to keep up with you. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. And I actually got a goat from Travis after, after I got rid of all my goats, but taco, I got a goat. And his name was Otis, and he just—he was actually one of Mark Warnicky's goats. He just wouldn't bond with me, um, and so I got—I ended up getting rid of him. He just—he—you'd start hiking with him, and he—he he just lay down. He didn't want to work, um, and he, if you didn't lead him with a rope, he would just peel out and go back to the truck. So, <laughs> oh, that's, you're just like that's a shit. There goes my tent. <laughs> Dude, you just pray you don't have a gun in your hand when he turns around with all your gear and peels back to the trailhead. <laughs> That's the most frustrating thing. Uh, I'll get wound up talking about that old fella. That guy, he, he's gone. That's okay. Uh, we might, but, oh, we yeah. might be due for a story from that feller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was I – know, I know Travis has a good one too. Mine wasn't as bad as his, but I was – I was hiking in to actually set up a bear bait and uh, we had camp. I had my camp on him and uh, I was packing all my, all the uh, grain and everything. And it was about a mile and a half and I had just got there and he followed me all the way in there and I was really kind of antsy about it. And I had my pistol on me and he turned around and ran all the way back to the truck and just laid down at the truck. <laughs> I've never in my life thought about 
shooting one of my goats. But that was the point in my life where I went, okay, this might not be for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I, I got rid of him about two weeks later and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then on top of it, you had a whole mile and a half hike back thinking about killing the damn thing. (laughs) Oh, I, I, uh, luckily, you know, I watched him run off and, and I just, I said, screw it and set my bait up and everything and hiked out in the dark. And when I, I was like, I don't care if he's there or not. I don't care if he's, you know, if I find him on the way, you know, hopefully I can salvage my saddles. I was so upset, man. I was so upset. But, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's the reason why, you know, if you don't have the time to, packles are demanding. They, um, they they take a lot of time. They're like, a, they're just like a dog, you know, you get out of them what you put into them. And, and if you can get. If you can get a a go a good go, you know, as a kid, that's the way to do it because you know you can't pack them real heavy till they're four, and uh, you know four years of age is when they're they're mature enough. And and they, um, I was just too impatient, and and I, I've literally only raised one of my seven goats, and but I've just spent so much time with them. Yeah. Um. So taco. Taco's my youngest, and he's the only one that I've raised as a kid, and he's absolutely the worst pack goat breed. So there's meat goats and there's dairy goats, and he's – oh, yeah. But but the thing of it is is I raised him as a kid, and that son of a gun will kill himself trying to keep up with me. Yeah. He won't quit, and that's, that's, the, that's the benefit of raising him from babies. You know what I mean? Yep. But it's, it's, it's been a long, a long process to get to where I'm at. And I'm, I mean, I'm a quarter away that where I want to be by far. There's a lot of guys that have some really awesome goats that I, my goats wouldn't even stand next to, you know, just couldn't even compete with them, but I'm getting there. Yeah, absolutely. So when you were talking about, you know, there's different types of goats. Um, yeah. What, 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 where were you kind of going with that? So, you know, an ideal pack goats, uh, long legs, um, you know, just really a really athletic goat. And those goats are mainly predominantly kind of uh, like alpine. They're an alpine, um, salmons, overhalsies, togs. They're they're all um, – and, and like a lot of guys will cross them. But the alpine is kind of the – in my opinion, the it's a, it's a dairy goat. And they're, um, they're kind of – not kind of, they are like, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, in my opinion, they're what you want to be your goat to be bred with. You know what I mean? Like I've got three Alpines now. Um, Otto was an Alpine Nubian, that very, very first goat. So he was amazing, but a Nubian is a meat goat and they, they just talk a lot. They have big floppy ears, but Nubians, they just, they talk a lot. And and that's really tough when you tie up a goat to put a stock on a mule deer and they're just screaming bloody murder at you because you're walking away from them. You know, you don't want that. <laughs> you learn that on the hard way too. You know, it's that, and that's, I've got, I've got three Nubian boar crosses and they are, I've got the twins, which are red and blue and they look just like boars, but they have Nubian legs, big, long legs. And then taco, and uh, the thing of it is, is I just spend so much time with those goats. They they will work their guts out for me. Yeah. Yeah. But well, I just think it's, it, it, it's you just you really have to bond with them for them in order for them to really want to work hard for you. And and uh, 
It's it's just crazy. Like I never in my life did I think it was going to come to like go as far as this. I thought it was going to be simple. Right. Dude, I go, you put a saddle on them, they follow you, you go. You know, there's so much more into it. <laughs> so, well, I, with each goat, you you said that uh, they have to be four years of age before you can put a lot of weight on them. So up until then, what kind of weights are you looking at? And then once they reach four, you know, what's kind of the weight range and maximum weight that you are able to put on a goat? Um, so, you know, you get out of your goats, what you put into them. Um, and, and so when I tell you these numbers, these are numbers of goats that are in shape. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Um, that are trained well. They've been, they've been working out. You've been working your goats out and that's, and that's, so you can't just take a goat, a fat goat and, and you know, the, the, the rule of thumb is when they're four years old, you can put a 20 to 25% of their body weight. Okay. You know, I've got, I've got. Oh, shoot, shoot. I've got seven goats and probably at least four of them are over 200 pounds. Wow. Um, yeah, like I mean, they're big, big boys. <laughs> they're giant, man. And and Mark Warnicke's goats are dwarf my goats. He's got some goats that, I mean, are 225, I dare I say 250. He's got some giant goats. <laughs> and, and he's... He's really worked really hard to get those, and he's he's kind of the guy I really look up to as far as the goats go. And I and I he's always my go-to guy when I my first question I have. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, and uh, you know, but it uh, they um, you know, you you twenty twenty five percent. So when they're young, I don't put anything on them until they're one, uh, and then I'll, once they turn one. Like Taco, when he turned one, I, I bought him a little dog carrier or not dog carrier, uh, little saddlebags for dogs, and I and I never put anything in him, and I just worked with him. And then when he turned two, I put like ten pounds on him, and when he turned three, I think I put maybe fifteen. I think I think I I killed an elk last year. He was three years old when I killed an elk. We were packing out. I think I I want to say I put twenty pounds on him coming out. Gotcha. And so, you know, at three years old and at four, you know, he's not four yet, but I've got other goats that are four. And we just went on a trip. I, my girlfriend and I went on a little test trip with uh, a couple of goats, like three new goats that I just got. And um, they did really well. But, you know, I only put 20 pounds on all of them, you know, 10 pounds on each side. And, and uh, I didn't, you know, you just you don't until they're in shape, you don't want to overpack them because, you don't, you know, it's, you don't want to make it not fun for them because if they're not having any fun and they're not enjoying it, they're not going to want to work hard for you. You know what I mean? Uh huh. It's all about that mood and creating that mood for them. And if you pack them, you know, I, I, we took five goats. So I've got two horned goats and five hornless. And so I just took the five hornless this last weekend and put 20 pounds on each one of them. They're all, uh, four to four and a half year old goats. And, you know, they, it was their first big trip of the year. So they were kind of, uh, out of shape. I mean, so was I, um, <laughs> but they loved, it. you know, it wasn't too much for them. We went, we'd go a mile, we'd push a mile and then give them 10 minutes to rest. And we'd push a mile, give them 10 minutes to rest. And we just kept going, you know, just, just so we didn't overdo it so that we didn't, you know, one hurt them, but two make it, you know, we just wanted to keep it fun for them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that makes sense to me. It's not like you're riding them and forcing them to go places like you can a horse. <laughs> oh, 
these goats, I mean, that was, you know, going into one of the reasons I, I really started to push for the goats. And like last year I decided to go all in. And that was one of the things like my family growing up, we had horses, man. But like I said, I'm six, five, 260 pounds. I'm big enough to eat hay and pull a plow myself. So getting on a horse for me, I don't know if I want to one, get on a horse, but I just, I feel bad for the sucker. You know what I mean? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big drink of water, man. Me getting on a horse, that's, I'm afraid the son of a gun's gonna not like me at the end of the day, and I'm an animal lover. That's yeah. hurt my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, yeah. Uh, last, real quick, before I get more into asking questions about the goats, what was yeah. you know? I I understand why you didn't go with horses now. Um, and two, yeah. two, cause your dad, you know, you didn't, he didn't want to be riding the horses and everything either. So what was yep. the main reason you went with goats over like pack llamas? You know, man, pack llamas are awesome. Um, I, my, my, to be honest with you, my experience specifically was impulsive. You know what I mean? Um, I, I bought the goats impulsively. Um, you know, I, I don't know a whole lot about llamas. I, I, I honestly don't. I, I've hiked with llama one, uh, llamas once. Uh, it was a cool experience. Um, the llama I had was kind of a jerk. <laughs> he didn't care for me much. He's kind of a good judge of character. But uh, no, it was just. Um, you know, leading and and I've been told since then not all not all llamas have to be led with a leash. You know what I mean? But the llama that I had, uh, I had to lead him, and that's not what I wanted. And that was kind of the same with Otis. Like he did well, but unless I had to lead him, and I didn't want that. I just wanted to be able to go. You know, uh-huh. and uh, and and that was my experience when I got into. It. Like I said, since then I've been kind of some. You know, I've talked to a few different people, and I, I guess you know. Not all llamas have to be led with a leash, and um, you know, it's it's they're they're a hardy critter. They're maybe even more so than a goat. Um, I don't know. I I just I, I was just so impulsive with my goat buy that I, you know, that and at the time I didn't have you know I don't have a horse trailer now, and I thought I didn't think you could throw a llama in the back of a truck. I put all five of my goats in a cage in the back of my truck and run. You know, we're gone. Oh, yeah. And and I, and I, I, I've i seen guys do put llamas in the back of their pickup cell, which is freaking badass. It's, <laughs> it's pretty cool. They're, you know, it's, it's, um, they are, they're, they're, it's just kind of choose your poison kind of deal. I, I don't have anything to say uh, bad about llamas. I just, I just didn't do my research on them. And I had three buddies that had goats that I thought were awesome packers. And I just went with it. Gotcha. So that was kind of my reasoning behind it. You know what I mean? It was, it was just super impulsive. Gotcha. That makes sense to me. Oh, so when it comes to outfitting your goats, um, yeah. Is is there, you know, actual online stores or something like that that you're getting all of the saddles and saddlebags and the equipment that you need or where do you go for that kind of stuff? So online, yeah, there's there's a company in northern Idaho and I think it's called uh, Northwest Pass Pack Goats. Um I've got a bunch of their saddles. I've got some uh uh what other saddles do I have? Um Oh shoot. Yeah, online there's a bunch of my Bantam saddles. Um 
there's just there's a uh, there's a barrage of different uh, companies that sell crossbucks for goats, um, and you can it's it's kind of you know it's not a huge selection because there's not a lot of people that really um, you know the pack, so it's not there's not really a uh, big demand for them. You know what I mean? But yeah, Northwest pack goats. And then, um, I'm actually looking up the other website. Of the, I can't remember the, the, uh, brand that they're, but they, um, packgoats.com, Mark Warnicky, he's making some prototype saddles and he's got some really awesome panniers out too. Um, that's packgoats.com. Um, you know, and I, some, as far as like goat coats go and leashes, I make my own leashes, but I know, uh, Mark sells a bunch of leashes. He's, he's kind of a one-stop shop once he gets those saddles going and he's, uh, he's really narrowing it down to, you know, this, they're, they're going to be a little bit more expensive, but they're going to be top of the line. Like there will not be a better saddle on the market than his saddle once he gets it perfected. Gotcha. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's pretty hard to beat a, uh, something like that from somebody that uses them so frequently. Oh, yeah, and he's – he's. I mean, I, I, I personally don't know anybody that, that does as much with pack goats as he does, and he's, he's really building things specific for that. And I, I hope I get to – you know, I get a chance to test some stuff out or get buy some stuff from him once he's done because they're going to be awesome. It's So right now, like, you get a crossbuck just like a horse, and what he's doing is he's building a saddle that um, isn't – there won't be anything like the uh there won't be a crossbuck the 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 hooks there there'll be like little hooks on the sides that'll hold your um your panniers versus a crossbuck which sits you know eight inches above the goat's back God. and they and, and they tend to catch on stuff you know what i mean when you're uh-huh. you're going through timber tries to go underneath something that's the most frustrating thing in the entire world when you're in downfall timber and all your goats go over the top and you know, you're, we, so I, I drew a Hell's Canyon, uh, cow tag last year and we're coming through this, all this downfall and my goats are loaded down with elk meat and it's the last go. All the goats jump over it and there's just enough room for the goat without any pans to squeeze underneath it. And my stubborn ass, uh, goat decides he's going to go underneath it and he's got that cross buck on top of him, you know, and he's just stuck. <laughs> And when you're beat and you're, you know, you're getting your ass kicked on the mountain, that's the most frustrating thing to have to double back and pick him up over, you know, and push him over the top of that damn log. (laughs) (laughs) And so Mark, Mark's really working hard to, uh, kind of, you know, take that out of the, uh, eliminate that cross buck. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that, that to me sounds like an excellent idea because I, (laughs) I could imagine that goats, I mean, when are they ever when in their life? When do they ever have to recognize that there's something taller than their back is? You know, they're like, "Oh, hell yeah, I can get underneath that." There's nothing up there that rises above my back. <laughs> exactly. And then they just drill you that know, crossbuck. <laughs> some goats will get it. They just get it. They, you know, and that's something that's hard for goats to really to really learn is okay. Like, you know, <clears throat> they've got eight, 10 inches sticking out each side and eight inches sticking above their top. Like some goats will figure it out and some just won't. And that, and, and the ones that won't, 
are the ones that you're constantly sewing up their panniers. You're constantly freaking running back because they're stuck in brush or they're stuck underneath a log and they can't get out. You know what I mean? And, uh, and, and it's just, and he's such a, I call him red. My buddy calls him Carl. It's, I don't know. I don't know. It's, he's, he's such a good goat and he can pack a freaking ton. But he is just, he just doesn't get the big picture. He he doesn't realize he's the goat that'll walk up beside you and take you out with a pannier with his coolers, you know? He'll just wipe you out at the back of your knees and you just hit the ground like, what the hell just happened? And you look over and he's just like, what? What are you looking at me for? <laughs> oh, man. It definitely sounds like it brings its whole own aspect to a hunting trip. That's for sure. <laughs> They're so much fun. They really are. Even goats might not be for everybody as far as pack goats, but goats are for everybody. <laughs> they are. I'm serious, man. Goats. Even if I didn't, if I decided to stop packing goats, I, I don't know if I could ever get like not have goats. It's just like I'm a lab, a Labrador guy. You know, I've got two black labs and I, I don't think I could ever have another dog. But And then now I have goats. I'm like, man. What am I going to do with Al Goats? <laughs> awesome. It's been a life changer. I don't know what I would do without them. Um. It really is. It's a, they're, they're just, they, they have a lot of personality. Um, you know, when you're sitting, you're sitting next to a fire and, and, uh, there's bugs out the goats. They they'll stand in the smoke and like taco taco will come up and curl up in a little ball and lay next to me and just kind of stare at me. Like, what are we going to do now? You know, it's just <laughs> when you're in the back country and, and you, you know, it's just, it's something, you know, and I, I just don't know how else to explain it. They're, they're characters and they're, they're just a lot of fun. Gotcha. So, you know, I think a concern that a lot of people could have, especially hunting in certain parts of Wyoming as well as Idaho, um, clearly you're there, is what what about <laughs> the wolves and the grizzly bears? You know, here you are like, I want those things to stay the hell away from me. And you're like, yeah, come on, yeah. seven goats, come follow me around so that I can attract the wolves and the grizzly bears. Like, what's what's been your experience with that? And have you had any issues? Yeah, they're predator magnets. <laughs> you know, so, so where I was talking to you about the Nubians, um, they, the Nubian breed – they talk a lot. They're just big talkers. They they bleat a lot or however you want to say it, you know. And um, I remember the first time I tied up a goat and uh, I took my goats and I went to go put his – I was by myself. And, you know, the Nubians specifically, my alpines won't do that. They won't talk that much unless there's a predator. But I went to walk away and these things are just screaming at me. And I'm going, there is no way. This whole basin was filled with them just going, bye just screaming their heads off and as i got away it got louder i there's no way i could put it. the mule deer they were far enough away they didn't really care they just kind of looked up like what the hell is that um but but i couldn't leave them uh i i've so i've had with that being said like as long as i leave somebody with my goats to put a stock on a critter they're fine they'll talk a little bit and then when i disappear they're like whatever somebody's here we're good um but in camp so we, uh, I've had bears kind of come through camp. The bears, it's not necessarily knock on wood. 
It's not necessarily the bears that worry me. It's the coyotes and the wolves. But I've had a bear. I've stuck my head out my tent, and my goats started talking. And uh, I stuck my head out my tent, and, you know, me being a bear guy and had a bear literally stick his nose on the back of my neck. You know, I I, I don't sleep good in the woods, So which which is crazy for how much I backpack hunt, you know. Um, and I – that bear just, I mean, he wanted nothing to do with us. Like I, the human scent was bad. No way. It was just not a good deal for him. He knew it and he peeled out. Now, uh, this last fall, my good friend Tyson and I were, we were backpacked in, I don't know, probably five or six miles with the goats and had a camp set up and we were kind of getting a game plan what our next move was. And all of a sudden the goats kind of started acting a little funny. And all, I mean, about 30 seconds later, so Tyson walks over and we're kind of standing by our tent and his rifle's right there. And then we kind of noticed that the goats were acting a little crazy and three cow elk, I mean, 60 yards from camp over the top of the ridge, barreling down into the bottom of the draw from a 60 yards from us. And there was a black wolf right on their ass. And my buddy Tyson pulled up and smoked the wolf on the run. He could never make that. Uh, I don't know anybody that can make that shot twice. It was the luck. I mean, he smoked that wolf. It was a perfect shot, too. And she was midair jumping over. They were just bounding over the buck brush. And that wolf was right on the calf's ass. And he smoked that freaking wolf right off her ass. I mean, it was perfect. And the wolves, I mean, and the cows, all the cows Looked up, they just stopped from a dead run and stopped, sat there, caught their breath 60 yards from us. We're hooping and hollering, trying to figure out what the hell just happened. <laughs> and uh, I mean, and, and it, it was wild, man. The goats knew what was going on. They sensed it, heard it, smelled it. I don't know, but they were on it. I mean, they knew what was going on. And we went down there. So I took the goats down to them. And the goats, I mean, they freaked out and started making noises. I've never heard my goats make. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, that's a, the predator thing is a real thing. Uh, I, I pack, like in Oregon, there was just so many damn bears. I packed an alarm. I got it off of uh, some website. I, it was like a, a camp alarm I Googled or something like that. And uh, it's just this, like, body alarm. It's got a pin on it. When the pin, you know, you tie fishing line to it and make a perimeter like 12 inches off the ground. And when the perimeter breaks, it's this just ear deafening beeping sound. Gotcha. And uh, I, I, I packed that with me and I had a tree branch fall on it. <laughs> and I, of course. I damn near started shooting out my tent. Just, bow, 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 bow. <laughs> 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 it got bastard. It was, it was pretty wild. That was by, I was by myself and I just thought, this is it. This is, you know, I had my gun ready and I woke up and beep, beep, beep. And it was just, you know, the movie, uh, uh, the other guys, when he does the desk pop, I, that's what I was like, <laughs> I, I didn't do it. That was, it was coming, man. I was, it startled the shit out of me. Excuse my language, but it scared me. Oh, I bet it, so. It's, well, how come you have to get a new tent? Well, you see, <laughs> my alarm went yeah, off. I blew it all to hell. <laughs> you know, it's catch 22 though. Because, you know, I mean, you get so attached to these goats, but, you know, as far as a bear goes, the goats are going to get it first. You know what I mean? Yep. So it's catch-22. You don't want to see your buddy go, but it's better him than you kind of deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, man. Well, Jake, I have had a blast talking about goats with you. Um, yeah. I, like I told you, I had been looking into doing it and uh, had no idea where to even begin. So <laughs> just talking with somebody about it is super helpful. And I'd imagine there's probably a few people out there that are thinking the same thing and probably thinking along the same lines as because I know I was thinking it before you even said it. I was like, well, hell, I'll just go grab a goat and we'll go, you know? <laughs> Yeah. So I I don't think you're really that far from being the only one that's thinking that. I think there's a lot of people that are probably thinking the same damn thing you were, and you just you just brought a lot of light to our situation. So we appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's it's uh it's it's worth the time and effort in the beginning. It's kind of daunting, and you just you just you know I, I did it. You know, it, it took me. It took me two years with my goats to really go all in and kind of start putting the time that I needed to into them. And once I did, man, it was the most rewarding thing in the entire world. It was, you know, we, I shot a cow elk in Hell's Canyon and, and, uh, it was, you know, it's not having to kill yourself off to make two trips and it's rewarding. And it, it's, but it's, it's absolutely 100% a commitment and it's, it's, but it's worth it. Awesome. Thank you for tuning in to the show. It means a lot to us. But seriously, though, I really appreciate your ear. And it would mean the world to me if you would rate our podcast. If you didn't like it, one star it. But if you did, a five is even better. Don't forget to comment, like, share, and hit that subscribe button. Thanks again for tuning into the show. Some other podcasts that you should definitely check out are... Eastman Elevated with Bride and Barney. And Hunt Harvest Health with Ryan and Hillary Lampers. And a special thanks to Maven Optics, Six Sight Gear, Dark Energy Tech, Shield Mountain Outdoors, The Outdoor Insiders, Iron Mind Hunting, Valkyrie Archery, and Gannett Ridge Sporting Equipment.